I wrote the white male rage sketch. Oh, okay. So I still haven't seen that. It's. I don't want to watch it. Will you do it for me so I don't have to watch it? I can't. It? I fuck the girl that's in it. So. <laughs> well, who's that? Uh, Melissa. Melissa Jira Grant. <laughs> um, I paid to have sex with her. And uh, and so I can't watch it uh, due to my um, cum-like behaviors with her. Jesus, this is a free episode, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I was trying to say. This costs money? It's what a bunch of bullshit. Uh <sighs> So we've reached a new era of Truanon. We have? What mm-hmm. is it? This is the era of the gun. <laughs> That's not always the era. No, 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 no. See, prior to prior to, to recently, we've been locked, but we haven't been loaded. Interesting. I like this metaphor. Mm-hmm. And now 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 we're ready to rock. We are. Um we should say we got oh, a bunch wait. of stuff to say. Yeah, we got a bunch of stuff to say. But before we say a bunch of stuff that we know we're going to say, uh-huh. I'm going to say something you don't know I'm going to say. Uh, I do. I can read the female mind. <laughs> no, you're from Mars. I'm from Venus. Yes. and uh, That's like our show on the hill. You yeah. know what? The hill? Maybe you should have on show. You know what? Here's, here's the thing, the hill. We're the mountain. <laughs> and I mean that like we're the Montagnards, the uh, the tribe from the hinterlands of Vietnam. I've never who assisted watched that the Vietnamese, or excuse me, the U.S. in the Vietnam War. Yes, I'm sure it's fine. The Hill. Do people watch internet TV? Who the shows? fuck is watching the Hill TV? If you're watching the Hill TV, you're a fucking pervert. Here's what you should be doing. Here's what you should be doing. And then going out and finding. You remember the DC sniper? <laughs> okay, okay, parody, parody. <laughs> Finding guys like that and arresting them. That was a scary time. What was up with that guy? I don't remember, but the, you know what? <laughs> it was Clint Tim, Eastwood. It was like a guy and his son. Let's make that movie. Clint Eastwood? Yeah, oh, he should make the DC. I, I wow, still really want to see the Atlanta bombing movie. You didn't see Richard Jewell? No, it was just more of like a part of my personality, but I never find, I never Wait, saw it. what? I asked you if you wanted to go on a date to that, <laughs> and you told me you'd already seen it. <laughs> And that you weren't hungry and had to wash your hair? <laughs> this is see embrace jewel. Yeah. Ooh, that's true. You are seeing me jewel right now. Liz jeweled last night, actually. I did. But I don't wanna I, we shouldn't we sh- I shouldn't reveal too much. But don't uh, tell um our listeners my secrets. No. Uh so well, let's introduce ourselves. Hello, I'm Liz. Uh my name as 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 Liz was saying is Dick. Uh, or Richard Jewell, <laughs> and we are joined by uh, producer Young Chomsky, and uh, well, we're back. We're, we're fresh back, back from we're the back road from LA. We uh, <clears throat> we've been hitting the tour pretty hard. Have you ever read uh, the Led Zeppelin book Hammer of the Gods? Absolutely not. Oh my god! Well, there's a certain scene up there where uh, listen, we had a great time in LA. <laughs> Wait, what is it? I'm not going to tell you what that's referencing. Oh, it's a uh, 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 let's say was it sick amphibian penetration? Ew, I don't care. Yeah, um, we did have a good time in LA. We met some really cool people mm-hmm. that are probably listening right now, so we want to say hello. Yes, and thank you all for coming. We had so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, would love to do it again. We'll see. Yeah, one thing I want to say though is that I think it's like. 
it's rude to come up to me and say that I'm the most handsome man you've ever met <laughs> oh, and that you want to have sex with me. Absolute fake news. Without first showing me your card that says you're a model. <laughs> I don't I don't get why you would do that, but maybe it's an L.A. thing. You know, Brace really enjoyed L.A. I had a great time there. You was, yeah. were loving life. I was loving it. I'll tell you that. Because you know why? He had no idea where he was at any given time. At any point. No, I was <laughs> horrified. And I was, I literally carried a gun with me about three quarters of the time that I was there. Yeah. I saw it. I mean, I saw its little case. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it's, I'm, that's my therapist told me to. So I'm just, I'm just doing it now. Um, just parody. Uh, but it's, yeah, I had a one, it's crazy down there. You loved it. I love LA. You know I love LA. You've you you've been down there much more than I have. I've only I've literally never lived twenty miles further away. Actually, it's not true. When I was a little kid, I did. I lived like an hour north. But I've lived here my entire life. I've walked every street in this city a thousand times. I've <laughs> glimpsed into every face that can be glimpsed into, which does not include the fucking soulless cretins that walk around this place. And you know, go to their fancy bowling alleys, etc. All of my friends have basically been been pogromed out of existence. <laughs> I am, I am, I stand alone here in San Francisco, like a pillar of shit. And uh, <laughs> and it sucks here. We should move to LA. Yeah, Hollywood. Give give old Brace Belden a call. He's this, he's yeah, interested. Jake, He'll pick up. Jake Gyllenhaal. Remember those articles that came out that it was like Brace says you're a bitch. Uh, I was saying that <laughs> no like a female dog, that. which I love. <laughs> <laughs> there were there were articles this. Okay, wait, really? Yes, That's... I didn't say bitch in them, but I was like, "What the fuck is this?" Oh, but what happened to the movie? Uh, I don't know. I hope it gets made now. <laughs> <laughs> Change my mind. I don't want to get involved in it, but that'd be funny. <laughs> yeah, he saw Richard Jewell and was like, you know. <laughs> so yeah, he did a bang up job with that one. So check this out. So uh, all right, so you know. Are, are, are listeners out there, are you familiar with bras? I think a lot of them actually don't know how they work. No. So, all right, fellas, let me tell you this. Get a bra, put it on a dummy, <laughs> learn how to unhook it with one hand. Chicks do love that. They are That's like the level one move you learn when you're 14, how to undo a bra with one hand. Mm. And girls are impressed to that. But until yeah, like I age think that's 16, a good, yeah. Until like age 16 or 17? I am 16 or 17, that's correct. There you correct. go. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, no. Uh, well, so imagine, imagine, <laughs> imagine this. Imagine a world in which bras and uh, were encasing titties, and and underwear was sheathing the punani. Uh, and imagine there was a company, a mega corporation, that controlled every aspect of our lives, named Victoria's Secret. <laughs> Victoria's Secret. Is that she's a CIA cutout? Yes. Well, <laughs> yes. So, all right. For the for long time listening to the show, you might remember former friend of the show, former former third Mike Leslie Wexner, the mm. Goblin King of New Albany. I don't mean that in an anti-Semitic way. The Goblin King of New Albany, Ohio, is is in rumors he might be stepping down as the L Brand CEO. Um. Yeah. It seems. Uh... It kind of makes me sad. Well, let's, for those of you who did not start listening to us with episode one, let's explain who Leslie, by the way, I know this is going to come as a shock to you. Leslie's a dude. (laughs) Leslie is a male's name in this case. Yeah. So Leslie Wexner, uh, owner of L Brands, Mm -hmm. again, 
one of its companies that it owns is Victoria's Secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're not going to get too deep into him, but he, you know, he's uh, Epstein's financial backer. Yeah, he, for many years. So check this out. Whenever I go to my financial guy, imagine this. Imagine you're like, "Hey, buddy, I need you to do my finances for me. Uh, I'm going to give you power of attorney, but also all my money." And you have the ability to spend that money to hire people for my companies, to make acquisitions, and do basically. I feel like it's at one point, all of Wexler's money was just Epstein's money. Yeah, and because because I mean, for those for those of you who are not entirely familiar with this biography, after leaving Bear Stearns, uh, uh, Mister Mister Epstein gets wrapped up in the in the silken embrace of Leslie Wexner and. Uh, and becomes entangled with him for, for quite a long time. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> there are, should we say the rumor? I don't know. I, I literally was thinking that as you were talking, which is why I like... Do they like don't up. say the rumor? My thoughts? No, the oh, your thoughts saying that? <laughs> no, the person who told us the rumor. I don't know. I've I can't heard this remember. rumor from multiple people. I know, though. and I was also just thinking, um, before we get to that rumor... I was just thinking about how, like, New Albany is, like, fake town. Yeah, New Albany is, like, a, it is a Potemkin it, city. Yeah, like, he just created it for himself. Yeah, and by the way, Leslie, if you're listening, I'll see you there pretty soon. <laughs> I'm coming to New Albany. Okay, spoiler alert. Yeah. But also, no, we, we haven't decided on anything yet. Well, not, we don't have to, okay. Well, I might just, might roll out there. Oh, no, first of all, duo, not an uno. Well, <laughs> yes, but a uh, no bueno on you <laughs> xnaying my plans. A, I'm just translating to pig Latin now. Uh, to, to a little okay, sleuthing. Okay, okay, okay. So, there is a lot of weird stuff with, with yes. Leslie Wexner. Uh, there is, yes. So he's saying that he's going to step down. Uh, Victoria's Secret famously, you know, has been uh, not doing so well. No, I mean, they, so they are, they are, I mean, there was a downturn in Victoria's Secret since even before the, the Epstein explosion. I don't of, think any of it has to do year. with Epstein. Yeah, mm, I'm not so sure. So Victoria's Secret stuff, I don't necessarily think so. Mm. But his departure, I think, combined with Victoria's Secret, uh, or his, the, the Epstein connection combined, I think, with the Victoria's Secret downturn because... There was also a very funny note from a an, a investor, a a activist investor, which is a fucking lamest combination of two things in the what world. What does that even mean? It means well, I'll tell you what it means. The investor was like, you know, listen, we need some uh, actually bigger titties on bigger bodies uh, to be in Victoria. They were like, we need to woke. Oh it. right, right, or not right. Not woke it, but like do it like everybody. Right, and Wexner and was like, no, no. yeah, they, they, Wexner, that was a big story. They were like. Absolutely not. Yeah. They are Victoria's Secret Angels, not Victoria's Secret Devils. I'm not saying that, by the way. I think you're all beautiful. <laughs> uh, and and they exnade that, but I think that kind of is like the industry trend right now is to have like It is a big all... trend, but I, you know, it's funny because I actually know someone who worked pretty high up at Victoria's Secret. Really? Mm-hmm. What's your... I'm not going to say, but I will say that from what I understand is that company is like, I mean, it's like a very well-oiled machine. Mm -hmm. So like really like creatively in terms of like, like, I mean, it's not surprising that they would not change yeah, like, or go in any new direction because everything is like very controlled, very like systematic. Yeah. You know, all of their, you know, their headquarters are in Ohio, obviously. All of the creative is done in New York. Mm-hmm. It's, like, a very big operation. But I think more more of their troubles have less to do with, like, 
you know, going along with woke, yeah, new wokeness or whatever, and more to do with <clears throat> that retail is just collapsing in the United yeah. States. And, you know, Victoria's Secret basically, I mean, it's like every mall. Mm-hmm. Malls are closing. They, no one's shopping. Yeah. Um, it's all online, which is, it's a whole new beast. And then the rise, you know, when you talk about fashion companies too, you have, it would be, you know, we would be remiss if we didn't mention the rise of fast fashion. Yes, we would. So, you know, <laughs> right? which, yeah. So, um, <laughs> you know. Is that Zara? Yeah, Zara, H&M, Forever 21. Oh, yeah, you guys you know, are both, uh, like, looking at me right now with contempt. No, I know. I mean, it's true. I mean, you know, why would a girl, I'm saying girl because I don't think, you know, whatever. Anyway, why would a young girl... <laughs> Spend. I mean, I don't know what Victoria's Secret costs. I think like some of their bras are like sixty dollars, okay, sixty five dollars. I mean, it's pretty expensive. When they could get like trendier or like just as trendy pieces at Forever Twenty One for literally three dollars. Really? Yeah. I mean, that Jesus. shit is cheap. That's why they, you know, use you know slave labor. Yeah, child slave labor. Yeah. Well, um, so that that it seems like. Because they're talking about, because he also That's how owns, they also keep iPhones so cheap. Oh, wait. <laughs> they, they, yeah. So they also, oh, well, coronavirus is about to put an end to that. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's the one virus that Matt gets. Wow. Wow, Liz. That was good. Thank you. Um, Wish I had said Apple instead of Mac. Yeah, it's all right. Uh, it just came out too fast. Well, it's a, it's a, a Mac. It's a throwback. Horrible Mac. Uh, but uh, yeah, so L Brands is uh, he is he is might be he might be stepping away from the from the company. A, a couple funny things about Leslie Wexner. Now Leslie Wexner's whole house in New Albany, his mansion, which by the way is guarded by armed security, like real armed security with rifles, not like pistols, like the guy the bozos that guard my house. Uh, he, it is wired up every room with cameras, a la Jeffrey Epstein. Yeah. There is some pretty uh, there's some pretty weird stuff about Wexner's background. We're gonna do a whole ep on him in hopefully the the, the relatively near or mid future. Um, but Wexner has some very strange connections to the political intelligence world, etc. At one point owned the airlines that was sort of the uh, the descendant of Air America, the famous airline that uh, smuggled heroin, which rocks. Uh, <laughs> but from Southeast Asia to Europe, uh, where it was refined and then uh, then then forced into black communities here and, and, and other communities as well. Uh, but yeah, Leslie Wexner is uh, hee-haw, donkey piece of shit. And Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> speaking of Victoria's Secret, Jeffrey Epstein, there's a bunch of these stories that came out that he would actually pose as a talent scout for Vicky Seeks yeah. uh, in New York, Ugh. and he would just like girl after girl after girl after girl coming in. One girl though hit him with a dildo, which I thought was really resourceful and uh, like much respect. Like, come on, the lady who hit Jeffrey Epstein with a dildo, please come on true enough. Um, <laughs> uh, so speaking of dumbos, uh huh. Well, we're going to talk about the elephant in the room. Why you're so cruel to me? No. Okay. I'm so nice. What's the What's the Dumbo? Uh, oh, Prince Andrew, Prince Dumbo. Yes. The uh, the he's back in the prince. news. He won't He won't leave. So you know how? Yeah, he's sweating the FBI. Uh, yeah. So the FBI is like, what they're saying? We want to talk to you, and he's like, uh, nice try, losers. Yeah, basically, he's he's dodging their calls. Huh. He's not calling them back. 
Damn. Yeah, he is saying that <clears throat> that or basically a news story came out that the feds were in co- were trying to contact him mm-hmm. and that he refuses to cooperate. He has also said that he's Gonna maybe bounce to Thailand. Yes. So <laughs> Thailand is a sort of place where you go where you definitely don't want to have sex with children. Um, yeah, it is. I, if dude, if I'm if I was under investigation for sex crimes, I wouldn't go to the one place where every British man of a certain age goes to commit sex crimes. I've heard. I've never been to Thailand, uh, but I've heard that if you go to like Pattaya, which I, I I think is a city with a lot of prostitution. That like literally every other person you see is like a what do they call him? Gammon is like a fat British or Australian oh, guy. Like there was middle-aged. just a big story in I think it was the Guardian. Yeah, it could have been one of the tabloids though. Mm, well, that was like photos. I think it was in Thailand. Of who? Of oh. like old British men like holding children that yeah. are, or maybe it's in Africa actually. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, I mean, like, like that basically like parents like rent their kids out yeah. to these British tourists. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's horrifying. We're talking about like weird neocolonialism shit. I mean, it's yeah, like, I can't, I it's, mean, it's literally it's, taking their children. Like, ugh, yeah, ugh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah. Like sex, sex tourism is like a, uh, same with the Philippines. It's just like a giant yeah. industry in some the of these places. What the fuck is wrong with you people? And by it's, you people, I mean men. Yeah. I, there, I mean, yeah, I got I to gotta be real. Not a lot of women, I think, doing this. <laughs> it is fucking sickening. And like, it is just like... Just get laid normal way. It should just be... I don't think they can or want to. I know. I think, but there I should just, be... And uh, I don't want to be like one of these guys that's like, kill pedophiles. But I'm like... Because that's probably... I can't say that on podcast. But I, I, it's... Hold on. Young Chomsky, hit me with the chick chick. You make the sound. <laughs> uh, I'll never get one. But uh, you, no, you, you can do one. Really? Yeah. They, oh, that was good. <laughs> uh, but uh, you have your catchphrase. I got lots. Yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, Prince Andrew is is uh, there are two cases actually against uh, or involving uh, Prince Andrew. One is a civil case, mm. uh, uh, and then one is a, from the girls, and then one is an FBI case. Yeah, and he is uh, he is able to dodge both. I think maybe this is revenge. Remember when uh, our like. One of the consulate guy's wife just like killed that guy on a British road when she was drunk, and then just like. Do Liz do a whistle out of the country? Yeah, uh, maybe it's revenge for that. Because well, we know he's not sweating. No, 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 no. He's doing quite fine. You know, someone else Epstein related is dodging uh, some litigious uh, papers. Ooh, that's right. Crooked Hillary, baby. She's back in the news. Yes, but this in this way, uh, the way that I like. Which is based Tulsi Gabbard mm-hmm. is suing Chelsea or Chelsea. Chelsea Clinton. Wow. Wow. I wish. That's me that's doing that. <laughs> uh, no. Tulsi Gabbard is suing Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. for defamation. Yes, she is. For $50 million. Oh, there's a financial. Yes. Like, fiscal compensation. I involved. love it. 
That is so. I have not read this is it. how the Hawaiian people are going to get back their money. Yes. Yeah. By the way, they do need full monarchical sovereignty. Yeah. Sovereignty. 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 Monarchical sovereignty back in the Hawaiian Islands. Uh, but yeah. So she. Uh, she. She was dodging a subpoena. That is twice. Classic. Twice she dodged it. Yeah. I, you know, I was talking last night to some. Who the fuck was I talking to? When was the night? I don't know who the hell I was talking to. I don't know what I did last night. Oh, yeah. I was talking to you about this last night. I would be a great process server. This you is, were talking about that. You would be good. I would be so good. You I'd be would like, just pop out of nowhere. I'd be like, listen. I, I, well, here's what I would do. I would match my footsteps to hers. <laughs> On a dark night, I would walk down the street behind her, and she would get freaked out. And usually what I do, and I'm serious about this in real life, I actually cross the street if I'm walking behind a woman at the night because I don't want them to get freaked out. In Hillary Clinton's case, I would walk closer, and then I'd hand her the papers. Uh, yeah, she is. Uh, she is Tulsi. If you want to come onto the show to discuss your lawsuit, oh my I god, would I love, love it. Love, love to do some squats with you. Young Chauncey is <laughs> very into fitness. He could lift you. Likely, I'm not sure what fitness people do. Uh, I just do the. Yeah, I, I would. I would love to speak. Did to you? you? I think I sent you some of the like the. Did you read through the lawsuit? No, it's I didn't. Pretty, you did send it to me. There's but I some read like it real yet. good digs. Tulsi loves her digs. Yeah, she does love to dig. Yeah, yeah, so fifty million dollar defamation suit because Hillary Clinton called her a Russian asset. It is fucked up to call her a Russian asset. Yeah, no shit. She should be suing. She's her. literally. Sue the bitch. She's literally an American okay, asset. Here's she's the in thing. the U.S. fucking army. Which, by the way, weird. But <laughs> <laughs> okay, but also get this. Yeah. What if Tulsi fucking locks her up? Oh. Yeah, what? all these people are going to have to go back on, you know, all their... Well, I don't like Tulsi. I like Elizabeth Warren. Okay. Yeah. You suck. No, it could only be one woman. Me. Yeah, Liz Franzak. <laughs> so we have today, we have joining us uh, a, a a reporter, one of... You know who you hear at True and On, not great. You know, we are private private investigators, well, public investigators, we are not reporters, but we do correspond with uh, with some of them, and we have a hell of an interview today about a a a a, a pretty wild news story. Uh, it is about the base, and so you some of you might we'll talk about this in the interview, but like you know you you might have recalled some news stories recently about three guys who got arrested. There was people who were planning on on shooting up that gun rally to create a disturbance. You know, right wing people planning on doing this. And they belong to an organization called The Base. Yeah, yeah. So to be clear, The Base, meaning it's a neo-Nazi group. It's similar to Adam Wolfen, but we'll get into it more in the interview. But there is an explosive piece in The Guardian Mm -hmm. last week that basically, uh, I mean, speculates on the identity of the leader. Mm -hmm. Uh, Speculation being, is the leader of one of the largest neo-Nazi organizations in the United States a federal agent. And uh, while we cannot say for sure, there is some pretty wild stuff. And I think that, you know, we, we, we talk about it in the interview, but we really want to make it clear. First of all, the base is is the English translation of Al-Qaeda. It's very weird. There's also an anarchist group named the base in uh, New York, but I've met mm. those guys. They seem all right. Um, Maybe they should change their name. Yeah, should change the name. Uh, but Al-Qaeda, another CIA-created organization. Sure. yeah. Uh, but it is... Uh, it is it is crazy to think about. So because because for the from background of those of for those of you who are not super familiar with this stuff, 
Um, a, uh, a couple definitions. First of all, honeypot. Honeypot is, there's a lot of different ways to do a honeypot, but basically attracting people via like false promotion. Like if I was like, hey, uh, I'm opening up a criminal gang and I start, I was a cop and I started a gang and I got a bunch of people to join my gang and we did maybe some crimes together, but I was doing it to get information on all of them mm-hmm. or to eventually arrest them. That would be a little bit of a honeypot. Honeypot's also where you have sex with a super hot chick. Yeah, I was going to say. Uh, it's a, or, or it's something like Jeffrey Epstein was doing. Exactly. So we use that term a lot when we're talking about or speculating on what Epstein was up to with his intelligence ties. All of the blackmail tapes that he was in yeah. possession of, like we mentioned with Wexner, all the cameras as a way of kind of gathering um, information yep. and holding like basically blackmail over people's heads, yeah. powerful people's heads. But it's also like, like you say, a way of kind of like entrapping mm-hmm. uh, possible neo-Nazis in this case. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, if I ever get arrested for anything I say on this podcast, it was, it was also entrapment <laughs> uh, because you shouldn't let me have a podcast. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, so the, the Nazi movement is if you're a Nazi, there is a literal like 65% chance, 75% chance that you are a fed. One of the most famous Nazis, the, 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 the famous crying Nazi, Christopher mm-hmm. Cantwell, of course, himself, he turned out to be a fed. We talk about some more agents in this, but there are both agents and informants, and they are littering these places. Yeah. And it really exploded after the Unite the Right rally uh, in, in 2017. In Charlottesville. In Charlottesville, yeah. yeah. Uh, because, and, 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 and one thing we want to make clear, do not think they are just doing this to the extreme right. Yeah, we didn't really get into that in the interview, but uh, it should, yeah. I, um, I have a lot of questions about maybe some far, you know, infiltration and far left. Yeah. Like, I, aka Antifa. The, I mean, there is a broad, like, or excuse me, a a, 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 a big history. That's an even worse word to use yeah. right there. Uh, there. There's a long history of this stuff um, in America. I mean, from, from the Red Scare stuff, then the second Red Scare stuff, then the McCarthy era, and then finally they really perfected in COINTELPRO. Uh, where where they there was I mean there was agents in every group and in fact one of the guys I mean Black Panthers, uh, uh, all those guys were basically set up at one point or another by federal agents. Yeah. Uh, Fred Hampton, you know, he was an informant who told the police when he would be at his house, what his movements were, and in fact the guy who used to get I mean the they Panthers, shot MLK. Yeah, yeah, yes <laughs> they shot MLK <laughs> absolutely. I mean they shot JFK. Yeah, and RFK. All the K's. All the K's. The three K's. <laughs> Wait, no, okay. <laughs> Reel that one back. I have no other yeah, go on. Uh so yeah, I I, I, I just want to be like so with, with that kind of stuff in mind, like you listen to this interview and listen to to what he is describing, the operation they're describing here, and really like try to think about this stuff when you encounter uh, certain groups. I mean, there's of course a lot of talk about that Red Guards, Austin bullshit. Yeah, I mean, they're obviously. Close. I mean, they're fucking clearly feds. Yeah. Uh, and and if you think like, oh well, they can't be. They're too ham-handed. Or they can't be. They use the right phrases. I mean, the feds set up a fucking phony Maoist group in the '60s that like you can read their stuff. I think it was like committee for anti-revisionism or something i don't know there's a, there's a recent new book about it there's hmm. i can't fucking remember the name of it's an interview with the guys in jacobin you can google it look it up uh but this stuff has a long and diverse history and, yeah. and just think about it in the present so without further ado 
Here's our interview with Jason Wilson. Okay, welcome to the main event. We have with us today Jason Wilson, a journalist for The Guardian focusing on extremism. Uh, and we are talking we are talking base, federal informants, uh, the Pacific Northwest, etc. How you doing, Jason? I'm really well. Thanks for having me on. Are you are you talking to us live from the Northwest Territorial Imperative? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am. I mean, um, you know, um, that that has less play in Portland than in other parts. Of, <laughs> yeah, of the okay, yeah, I can see that. Sure, but but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I have a territorial imperative for sure. No, <laughs> yeah. So you you recently wrote a pretty good art, like a pretty crazy article about the base, uh, and I don't even really know where to begin with that. But I guess uh, we, we we can begin with what the hell they are. What is the base? Yeah, well, that's, I mean, that's the, that's the million-dollar kind of question, I guess. Um, we can start with the basics. Uh, they are a, um, a, a neo-Nazi network. Um, their uh, ideology is usually described as uh, accelerationism. Uh, so, you know, that, like a lot of neo-Nazi groups, they, they believe that Western liberal democracies are decadent and you know, depraved and degenerate, and they're going to collapse eventually. But, um, you know, the accelerationist bit, to cut a long story short, is that perhaps with well-placed acts of terror or murder, um, that, that that process can be hurried along. Um, so officially, to the outside world, you know, they were saying that they were just prepping for collapse, but internally they were talking about ways, you know, to commit acts of terror that, 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 that could make that happen more quickly. Um, so they started um, this guy uh, who called himself Norman Spear and then Roman Wolf, uh, who, who, who it turns out is, is a guy called Ronaldo Nazaro. <laughs> he he kind of came out of nowhere in late 2017. He started popping up on social media. Um, and initially he was presenting himself as an organizer for the Northwest Front, which is... Um, you know, a, a group that thinks that the Pacific Northwest should be a white ethnostate and, and that they can make that happen. Uh, and then eventually he started this group called The Base, kind of midway, mid, mid to late 2018, it, it, it started happening. And then, um, yeah, it kind of ran for almost two years. Um, you know, the main life of the group was online in encrypted messaging chats and, and they settled on wire. So, so mostly it was on, on an application called Wire. You may, may or may not know, but um, yeah, and they um, they were kind of drawing in um, neo-Nazis from all over the country, uh, organizing them into cells, um, having meetups, having training meetups, um, you know, killing goats, <laughs> um, uh, do, do, doing all kinds of stuff. And, and that was their point. One of their points of difference was that, you know, this is a group that meets up in person. Um, and, and so they did have cell level meetups. They had um, national meetups uh, where, where they would do combat training and make propaganda videos. Yeah, um, I've seen those. And their other point, their other point of difference, I guess, was that they allowed multiple patching. So there was a, a fair bit of overlap between the base and 
um, the other groups that their members were oh, members so it's, of. So it's like a dual carding sort of thing where you like you belong to more than one organization. Right, and and, and so you, you know a number of members were members of Adam Watson Division, which is another acceleration yeah. group. Yeah. Um, but there were groups. Um, I mean, they would sort of take on smaller groups wholesale. Um, you know, I need to report some of this out, but but uh, I can say that definitely there were smaller. Um, um, newer neo-Nazi groups that just kind of like joined the entirety of the membership joined the base. Oh, that. wow. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was kind of like a perfect mechanism, if you like, to um, draw together a really wide spectrum of uh, militant, active neo-Nazis throughout the country and throughout the world. I mean, there's there are chapters... Uh, in, in most Western European countries, hmm. um, uh, and there are chapters. There's a chapter in Australia. There, you know, um, so it, it's a, it's an international network. And of course, the boss, uh, it turns out, uh, was living in Russia for the entirety of the base's life, pretty much. Yeah, and so like, well, we'll I want to talk about him. Definitely talk about him more in just a second. But like, so from what I understand, the base, uh, unlike Adam Waffen. The base hasn't technically killed anybody yet, right? Or they haven't, like, as the base murdered anybody. But they have... No, no, that's true. No, that is true. Um, I mean, three guys in Georgia got pulled in uh, a couple of weeks back for a conspiracy to murder. So they um, they had developed a fairly elaborate plan, uh, according, you know, according to... Um, uh, affidavits from from the FBI and prosecutors. They had put together uh, a, a fairly elaborate plan to um, murder a couple of people who they uh, had identified as members of Atlanta Antifa. Yeah. Um, it turns out that those people those people weren't actually um, members of Atlanta Antifa. But anyway, I mean, we can come back to that. Oh, but they yeah, weren't they even a- they weren't even Antifa. People. Wait, what? Yeah. From what I understand, they, yeah. they, they had a plan to, 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 they like scoped out their house and had a plan to go shoot them with revolvers, I think. Mm. And to put yeah. Vaseline on their eyebrows, which I didn't know that was a thing you could do so that no dead skin would fall off. Oh, interesting. But yeah, Jason, yeah. want to explain a little more? Well, well, yeah, I mean, um, I, I, I think it's a complicated situation. I mean, they, these folks may uh, have, have been involved with some kind of anti-fascist activism, but they were misidentified as members of Atlanta Antifa, um, and these guys plotted to murder them. I mean, I think, uh, well, they, they got the idea that they were members from a notoriously stop, sloppy docs list um, put out by a guy called Brad Griffin, who goes by Hunter Wallace, who's got uh, a website called Occidental Descent, and he's a, he's a neo-Confederate uh, member of the League of the South, and he um, you know, has been putting out doxes on, on leftists for a long time, but a lot of the time they're inaccurate. So they, yeah, it, it seems like Atlanta Antifa anyway uh, claims that that's the only place they could have gotten this idea. And but a part of the reason they picked these people is that they were they were kind of close yeah. where these guys were in North in North Georgia. So there was a conspiracy to murder, um, but yeah, there, there have not uh, to date been actual murders committed by members of the base, to my knowledge. Yeah, I mean, it's that that's like that that's kind of what makes me and well, I'll talk about the suspicions more a little bit because that's what makes me suspicious 
I mean, I'm obviously suspicious of all these people because they're fucking neo-Nazis, but like <laughs> about the base's sure. origins as opposed yeah. to Adam Waffen's origins. So like, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm going to ask you to explain a little to our listeners about Adam Waffen, but they are a very similar group in terms of especially style. I think they both kind of kind of claim that claim lineage from the whole siege thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Adam Waffen killed, like, I think five people? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that, that's right. I mean, ideologically, um, I think that they're very similar. Um, that whole accelerationist idea is present in both. Um, you know, in, in terms of that, 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 that siege culture stuff, you know, the skull masks and, um, uh, you know, the, 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 the kind of pretty slick propaganda videos. Um, yeah. You know, with National Socialist black metal soundtracks, and um, you know the the the, um, the reverence for, for James Mason, the author of of Siege. Um, you know, definitely in the basis vetting interviews, that was one of the questions. You know, have you read Siege? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they they are similar, but um, you know, Adam often you know, I guess, arose more organically out of prior um, iterations, I suppose, in the growth of accelerationist neo-Nazism. So they, they Adam often kind of arose from um, a bunch of guys who had been on uh, previous neo-Nazi forums like Iron March. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they, they kind of put it together on there. This, this seems different. Um, you, you know, and the guys who started Adam Waffle were young guys. Yeah, yeah. They they seem like they like roommates and stuff. Yeah, and overwhelmingly, I mean, the membership of these groups is, is young guys, guys who are, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21. There's a lot of guys who are who, who are that kind of age. Um, but but you know, I mean, Ronaldo Nazaro, the guy who started the base, is is forty six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he has a long history. Um, of not publicly being a neo-Nazi, it, it, you're right. It's 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 very strange, and and it's almost like, uh, you know, uh, he kind of uh, there was a different flavor in the sense that he he really was into this um, the Butler Plan, as it some is, is sometimes called that idea that the, the, the Pacific Northwest can yeah should be a, a white homeland, um, and and Adam often you know I'm not necessarily um, all about that. Um, but but really, it's almost like sometimes you look at it and it's like, did this guy kind of reverse engineer Adam Watson? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. you know, yeah, that's uh, what's that's what's so strange. I mean, uh, yeah, I think you put it really well. Where it's like Adam Watson has like a pretty, I mean, not clear and like an easily delineated, but it's you know a well documented history, like online that you can read about. And it's kind of been known mm. and, and, you know, in its various iterations, like you point out, uh, you know, very organically. Whereas it seems like the base just kind of came out of nowhere, like, and rel- in, yeah. like, relatively short time. Yeah, certainly uh, Nazaro kind of came out of nowhere. Um, as I understand it, um, uh, he really uh, had no presence, no history in any kind of part of the white nationalist movement, um, okay. at least openly and publicly before kind of the end of 2017. Um, and that's the other curious thing. He sort of um, starts 
uh, acting publicly almost immediately after Charlottesville. Um, mm. oh. So interesting. He, it is. Yeah, he. Um, there are some hints, I think, in his history, but 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 you know, um, they're just hints for now, and and there's a lot of work to do in terms of confirming all of this. Yeah, but, of course. Um, you know, if you look at his company, he had a company uh, that was um, billing itself as, uh, you know, a uh, uh, counterterrorism, counterintelligence, homeland security <laughs> um, type uh, contractor, and it was called Omega Solutions International. And you know, Omega Solutions, Omega Alpha Omega, Omega is the last or the final. Is that a sort of coded reference to the final solution in the name of his company, maybe. Uh, yeah. um, if you look at his logo, the visual logo that he, he trademarked, um, it, it, it kind of looks like maybe it's, it's, it's referring to, um, you know, Nazi-era symbology as well. It looks a little bit like an Iron Cross. Um, you know, um, I found... Uh, the earliest photo of him that I could find was he got he went to Villanova in Pennsylvania, you know, the Catholic University in Pennsylvania, and he got he he just happened to get vox popped um, as he was crossing the quad, I guess, one day, and um, he got asked who the the greatest woman in history was. You know, that was the topic of the vox pop, and he said Mary Magdalene because she's the closest disciple to Jesus. Like that's a yeah. that's a weird thing for a, that's a weird thing for a twenty year old guy in nineteen ninety four to. <laughs> That's that a really weird and thing to say. So, so you know, there are indications, I guess, um, that we need to fill out. There needs to be a lot more work done. You know, um, we need to talk to classmates. We need to talk to relatives. We need to talk to people who knew him. Yeah. So there are some clues and some hints that maybe he has had reactionary, at least, beliefs going back a really long way. And, and some hints that maybe, maybe, you know, and this is slightly speculative that maybe he was um, um, kind of signaling, um, you know, fascist beliefs at, at, at some point as well. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he wasn't anywhere. And as I understand it, his only vouch was um, from the Northwest Front people. Uh, and, and like I said, he built himself as an organizer for the Northwest Front when he first appeared. And the Northwest Front was run by Harold Covington, who died in 2018. Yeah. Interestingly, just as the base was starting, and he was a big Northwest Territorial Imperative guy, but um, he was also uh, widely suspected by other people in in the white supremacist movement as being a fed as well. So it's a very strange lineage, a very strange pedigree. Um, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Basically, I feel like we've just been teasing it. So I want to let the listeners know, like the basically why your piece is so shocking is because it really is centered on trying to figure out like who this guy is, kind of like how a leader of a um, of this movement can kind of basically uh, emerge out of nowhere, like you say, um, and you know. Basically, is he a Fed? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what, I mean, how else we, to we say We can't it. say for certain, but I got to say, the signs on this guy, because, you know, I, I get sucked into reading about these guys, and I just read this book, The Beast Reawakens, which is about mm. you know, oh, yeah. post-war Nazis, blah, 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 and, of course, a lot of their connections to intelligence services, et yeah. cetera. And, but the thing is, I've known about, I've read about the militia movement for years. I mean, that thing is riddled with Feds. Yeah, absolutely. Especially in, like, Idaho and elsewhere in the Pacific North. I don't know if Idaho... Counts as the Pacific Northwest, but they all like hanging out there. It's where like Randy Weaver, I think. Lives. Yeah, no, Idaho, Idaho counts. 
Um, yeah, I, I, like we know that there was, um, we know that there was a Fed who got through the betting process and, um, you know, got pretty close with the Georgia guys. I mean, that's that's all in the court documents. I yeah. Mean, so th- 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 there's at least one Fed who, who joined. Um, yeah, and this guy's um, this guy's history is, is incredible. Um, you know, he, he's kind of roughly my age, and and so you know, he's also roughly the age of a lot of people I know. Uh, I've never seen anyone who has such a low profile online as this guy. Wow. You know, let alone someone that age. Like he, like me. he really only appears. So there's those random things like the Villanova box pop. Yep. Um, uh, you know, he also um, he went to a fancy uh, Catholic school uh, in New Jersey called um, um, uh, oh, the Del Barton School. It's called. So it's kind of like I guess I don't know a prep school kind of thing. Very expensive. Uh, and he, he, they, they, they didn't. Um, they left some donation records sitting around on the open web for some reason. And he, he turned <laughs> up in that. Um, but really, like, and then, um, you know, after after Villanova, uh, and a local, the, the Philly Inquirer reported that he didn't actually finish at Villanova. He didn't graduate, so he got to his junior year. Um, after that, he turns up, he's mentioned as an editorial assistant um, for some books authored by guys who are right at the centre of... Um, you know the the, the military uh, and strategic establishment. Like he's cited oh. as a, um, an editorial assistant for a report uh, produced by the National Defense University about Middle East strategy. You know, in 1998, um, really high level stuff. What? And then That's he just so bizarre. Like, and then he disappears. Like there's really no record of him at all between about then the late 90s and kind of like pretty much 2009 when he starts his company, um, which is this sort of defense intelligence contractor. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there's 10 years where he's just, he's just gone, and, you know, I mean, we can only speculate about what he, what he was doing there. Or yeah, like, we um, should speculate. Yeah, I think he was a, I think he's a CIA agent. But here's the thing, like, how does, like, are, are you, like, because I saw that this guy was, had, had purchased some property in the Pacific Northwest, like, how... Do you have any any indication how he has money or funding or anything? I presume the base has some well, sort of funding can, mechanism, but like I could tell you this: he bought a um, he bought a, an apartment in Washington D.C. Um, what? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm just going to find the document here so I can give you the exact date, but I'll keep talking. He bought a six hundred and seventy-five thousand dollar apartment for cash, no more in cash. Uh, oh yeah. come on, uh, man. Um, and so, like, yeah, I mean, that suggests he was making money somehow. That was after he started the company. But get this, I, I, I want to tell you what this co- one of the things this company was doing. So they had, he had a trademark um, for this thing called Watchtower. So he had a trademark for this thing called Watchtower, which was described in the trade. There were no patents, unfortunately, but there was a, there was a trademark application. And so he had to include some materials, you know, with the trademark yeah. application, kind of just describing what this thing was. And basically, it was like this computer system um, for carrying out surveillance and organizing um, uh, organizing an intelligence operation using like social media data, um, using like various forms of open source intelligence, online surveillance, like 
he that's what he was he was he was selling basically yeah. he was selling his watchtower system. Um, so I don't know. I mean, here's the thing: he had a cage code, which is what you need in order to get federal government contracts. Yeah. Um, so he he was certainly intending to get U.S. government contracts. There's no record um, of him actually getting any, but presumably in this kind of space, um, the contracts that you do get would be maybe classified. So, you know, um, it's it's very odd. Um, and so, yeah, he kind of disappears for 10 years. He comes back. Certainly when he re-emerged in 2017, when he, when he was making videos and stuff for the, for the um, Northwest Front and going on a bunch of Nazi podcasts, you know, the, the guys whose podcasts he was on were billing him as a former CIA field agent. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, Holy wait. Way. You know. And they were having, because, I, I, I mean, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, aren't the, like, uh, Nazis are generally very paranoid about feds because they've had a lot of feds in their movement. I mean, it's like, it's like that old joke about like the Communist Party meetings yeah. in the eighties. Like one, you know, there's some meetings where every single person's a federal informant. Maybe they just think CIA doesn't operate domestically. Yeah, <laughs> but like, did they? It's, it's like, has there been, you know, because presumably this information, at least if that information, must have been self-supplied or something. Have have there been, you know, there's a lot of backbiting on the far right. I mean, they have, they are, they have something. Yeah, they 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 constantly fight, start new groups, etc. Have there been sort of whispers about this guy for a while, or is this like is this information oh, oh, yeah. new? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, people cited that that as a reason for leaving the base um, ah. publicly. I mean, I'm not even telling secrets here. There's, there's stuff publicly where you know the idea that he was a fed and the base was a hunting trap was almost uh, a hunting pot. It was almost a cliche, you know. Like um, uh, you know that was something that sort of dogged him. Um, so I went to a custody hearing for a guy called uh, Richard Tobin, who was the first oh, member yeah. of the base arrested. He was charged with, um, you know, conspiracy to um, to face a bunch of uh, uh, synagogues in the Midwest. Uh, he's in New Jersey. Um, uh, he's currently in jail awaiting trial in Camden, New Jersey. Um, but he, he uh, organized with a bunch of, Guys are up in the in the Midwest to deface synagogues in Michigan and Wisconsin. Um, I went to his custody hearing in December um, in Camden, and at that point, um, you know, lawyers on both sides were um, agreeing that he had he had he had said, you know, he had repeatedly stated his belief that 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 Norman was a Russian fed. You know what I mean? So, like, there were oh. people in the movement who thought he was um, he was working for some government or, or another, and, and definitely people who thought that the base was just an elaborate trap for, for, for white nationalists to join up, and, and you know, then, then the feds would roll them up. Um, that was definitely something that people in the movement said, yeah, in answer to your question. So, yeah, because you were saying he lives in Russia, and, I mean, obviously there are multiple ways to interpret that. I mean, Russia is... Like a, a very popular spot for white nationalists because Russia, like other parts of Eastern Europe, has a very developed white nationalist movement there that has like hugely international ties, right? Um, but 
my like weirdo theory on I have a bunch of theories on this. This is my like one I believe ten percent. I mean, I believe it could be the mm-hmm. case, maybe ten percent, is that possibly, possibly. Now, this is not really what I actually truly believe, but this is a possibility. Is that Mister uh, Mister Ronaldo here was was possibly recruited uh, by you know could be the FSB, and that the whole FBI rolling up all the members of the base was like a counterintelligence operation. Now, do I believe that to be true? No. Things like that have happened in the past, though, mm. uh, especially in West Germany in the 60s. and I mean, excuse me, in the 80s, that was a big thing there. But, I mean, the more sort of logical thing to think is that, yeah, my man was working for the feds. And if that's the case, like, why set up this honeypot? Yeah, I, I, I guess you've, you've named two possibilities that... Um uh, you know, I, I have to actively consider. Um, you know, his history um, obviously suggests that uh, there is a relationship, a long-term relationship with um, the U.S. government and and the parts of the U.S. government concerned with intelligence. Um, so certainly, the idea that he uh, is working on behalf of the U.S. government needs to be tested. That's one possibility. The other one, as you say, is that, you know, um, he's he's working for the Russian government and that he moved there for that reason and that this is something he, he's being paid for by them. Uh, another possibility, uh, well, you know, there's a cluster of possibilities around the idea that... Um, you know, he's a sincere Nazi. I, and, and I mean, that's not mutually exclusive with either of the things we already mentioned. But yeah, maybe he's a sincere Nazi. Maybe he moved to Russia because some some uh, neo-Nazis find Russia to be a congenial place because yeah. of its demographics and because it hasn't allowed, you know, mass immigration to happen as they see it and because, um, you know, it it's, it's sort of has a, a, an authoritarian kind of form of rule. Um, yeah. And that's... Undeniable. It's undeniable. Some of these guys find all of that attractive. And Absolutely. They there for that reason, and started the base. Then, because maybe he felt like in Russia he was beyond the reach of federal law enforcement. Um, you know. Uh, so that's 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 another possibility. Um, but you know, I think another possibility that we need to consider as well. Um, before as we're looking for evidence. And, and I would stress that everything we've said so far, I've said so far, is, is a range of possibilities, essentially speculation. Because, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm trying to find the evidence now. But the last one is that, um, you know, in an era of uh, mass wealth inequality, there might be private actors who have the, the means and the motivation to finance, uh, sponsor something like this. Um there might be private actors who, you know, uh, for whatever reason, decide that uh, a movement like this in, on, on U.S. soil is, is something that um, benefits them in some way. So I, I think that's I think that's the kind of range of possibilities. Sincere yeah. Nazi. Um, oh, the sincere Nazi thing as well is, you know, maybe he started up this started this the base up as something that he he thought he might be able to pitch to Russia. I mean, maybe oh. the intentions were working for Russia 
the attention for working with the Russians is there. I mean, the BBC showed that he had been to this kind of expo or fair for prospective uh, contractors for the Russian government. Really? I mean, maybe this is just... Yeah, yeah. The BBC stood up my reporting and, and, and they had more detail about him on the Russian end. Apparently, he's got quite a nice apartment in St. Petersburg. Huh. And yeah, they had video of him at, at this kind of expo for contractors. So maybe, maybe this is the product he was trying to sell and, and you know, maybe they bought it, maybe they didn't. Um, that's, that's a possibility as well. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that um, I am not the only reporter who is, who is, who is uh, going as fast as they can to try to figure out what the hell is going on here. And, and I think that's the, that's the thing among reporters um, on this as well. I, I don't think any of us know what's going on. Yeah. It's, it's a bizarre story. It's a bizarre story. I mean, what has like because I, I also thought sort of my other my other idea is that if this is like a if this is like a U.S. sort of honeypot operation, it could be to divert sort of recruits who might join Adam Waffen, which is like a more active group, and to actually get them to join this group that's that's really under the FBI's sort of watch, um, because I mean, shit, that makes sense for them to do. I mean, Adam Waffen again has killed people. This group has, I mean, they've done vandalism and stuff, and they planned on killing people, but um, had, hadn't got there yet. And when they were about to get there, they got rolled up. Uh, what has sort of been the reaction? I know that, like, their, I think, Discord or their Telegraph channel or Telegram channel, excuse me, got, like, hijacked by a member. Uh, but what has, like, um, what has sort of the reaction among, I don't know, how many members does this fucking thing have? And like, how have they reacted yeah. to this whole this whole expose? So that's a bit of a moving target. Um, I think that um, so 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 just a little bit of history for the group that's important here. Uh, so uh, I guess in late November, in late November, twenty eighteen, uh, they had been on an app, another a different encrypted app called Riot. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but anyway, it's a, it's a it's an encrypted messaging app yeah. and. Um, that got infiltrated, you know, lots of material got leaked, a couple of guys got doxxed, and then they moved to wire, and at the same time they tightened up their vetting processes. Um, and, and that's the curious thing about when it started. I mean, the vetting processes were almost non-existent when it started. Um, but then they did put a, a vetting process in place. And so, you know, um, the vetting process went through stages of, uh, you know, you had to email them, and there would be an email exchange, and then there would be a voice call where where a kind of vetting committee would um, would you know ask a kind of scripted set of mm -hmm. questions, uh, and then you know eventually, depending on where they were, but but in the U.S. certainly most people would then have to go through an in-person meeting. Um, so. You know, um, at the widest end of the funnel, uh, with people emailing, um, uh, you know, or, or getting to the voice call and getting rejected at that point, some people didn't make it past emailing. Um, you know, several hundred people would have cycled through that. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and, and, and the number of active members who went in and out, uh, it's probably in the hundreds as well. Oh, um, wow. I, as I understand it, um, before the arrests, um, there were around uh, 50 guys who 
had made it through um, and, you know, were, were made it through vetting and were sort of accepted active members. But, but you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of turnover I yeah. guess, as well. So, um, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't small. It was a pretty big organization, um, comparable in size, I would say, to, to Adam Offen at its peak, um, possibly bigger even. Uh, because it was a much more, uh, you know, it was a more plur- pluralistic organisation <laughs> in some ways. You Intersectional. Know, in the sense that they weren't. They weren't sort of ideologically rigid about yeah. who they were going to accept. They were. They, they, they were prepared to accept people, you know, who were Christians or who were pagans. Right. But also suspicious. No. Yeah, it is. Um, uh, it. it that is one of the things that I've thought of on a lot. I yeah. mean, if, if you wanted, if you wanted to draw in as many people as possible, um, you know, whoever you are, if you if you were to design an organisation to draw in as many um, um, militant uh, white supremacists as possible, uh, that would be the way to do it. You know, you just kind of go, well, we're not we're not that fussy about the specific nature of <laughs> yeah. racist beliefs. Do you kill a goat, um, you love Mary right Magdalene, it's just, you know, it's all right with me. <laughs> yeah, as long as you've read Siege and, yeah. and, and you're, you're, you're prepared to say you're a national socialist, you, you know, you're, you're kind of in, really. Um, uh, so uh, the, the other dimension of it all, though, was that they were prepping, you know. So they were, um, the, the story to the outside world was that they were, uh, 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 you know, a white nationalist organization that was prepping for the collapse of society. Yeah. So, so they did. Um, they did want to meet up. They did want to um, um, ensure that people had, you know, certain skills, and and that's reflected in the in the videos they make. You know, they made yeah. these videos of, um, you know, uh, small small groups, small arms tactics. You know, they were clearly kind of doing these kind of drills, and they 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 wanted people to 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 know that. Yeah. Um, so, so there was there was a kind of practical dimension that maybe hmm. maybe other other groups didn't emphasize, but yeah, it's it's very it's 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 very striking that um, they were just not that fussy about about the specific nature of your of your Nazism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, because it is. I mean, I know there like among these organizations, there is a pretty big split among pagans. Uh, and among Christians. And, you know, I found, you know, as a Jewish person, we have very little representation. <laughs> you know, we had that movie, The, the Believer, but, you're v- but beyond that, very little. I did thought, I did think it was interesting that one of the people that was sort of snapped up uh, in these in these recent raids, uh, the person who had vandalized the synagogue in, in Racine, Wisconsin, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, but he was, he was, uh, a, a a Muslim from from Arab parents, or excuse me, from Jordan. I may assume Arab, but Jordanian parents, and that I found that surprising because a lot of these sort of more. I mean, if you go the further right you go, the more it becomes about Jews rather than Muslims. Um, but I was surprised that that they they didn't discriminate against that. I guess like because. Yeah, I don't know. I, I that that was just sort of shocking to hmm. me. Yeah, I, they they may not have known, I guess, about his yeah. um, specific specific heritage, um, and um, 
you know, I, I, I'm not actually sure what, what he might have said to them about his about his heritage. Um, it, it might have been a problem up front if he'd said that he was yeah um, an, an Arab, uh, you know, from a Muslim family. I, that, that might have been a problem up front. He may have told them something else. Um, but, you know, with that said, um, you know, I think it, it goes to... It goes to show what we were saying earlier that um, they, they didn't ask deep and penetrating questions. Um, they they really just wanted uh, bodies. Um, and um, he went to in, you know you can see in the court documents he went to in person stuff. He went to a meet up in Georgia and hung out with a bunch of guys for two or three days. You know um, that was the one where they 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 dismembered a pig. Oh, and, and cooked it and ate it and held up the head and stuff in this kind of pagan ritual. Guess, guess he was not practicing then. <laughs> I don't know how he. I don't know how. Yeah, I don't know how he presented his religion or his ethnicity, but but you know clearly they didn't they didn't ask too many questions, and yeah. I think um, that that reflects something as well about that, how they were just keen to get people in. Yeah, that also, I don't know, that also just made me sort of suspicious, too, because I'm like, eh, the FBI, I mean, they're using their traditional uh, method, which is which is getting mentally unstable or, like, alienated young men who are Muslim to do something that they, like, basically force them to do. Uh, could be something like that. Uh, maybe just roll two well, operations into one. Well, yeah, m- maybe. Uh, and... Um, you know, I, I think we'll, we'll hopefully find out more about the exact relationship yeah. between the FBI and this group. Um, I mean, from the outside, from what I can see and from what the FBI are presenting publicly, um, you know, they seem kind of upset about this, but um, there are other parts of the the U.S. state and the intelligence apparatus besides the FBI as well, I guess, yeah. is the other thing to say. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, it's it's all just an open question at the moment. But but I mean, the thing to say, you know, what what you said made me think of um, the most uh, striking thing about this whole situation to me that I, I keep coming back to, and I keep thinking of, um, is that you know, as I said, a lot of these guys are so young. Uh, the guy. Richard Tobin, who's on, on trial in New Jersey, he's 18. Um, uh, and he was almost like a leader in this in this whole thing. Yeah. Like he was, you know, organizing, allegedly organizing interstate operations. Um, you know, and, and and I went to his custody hearings, I said, and he, he's, he's a troubled guy yeah. from, um, you know, a background that is not great. Um, that is impoverished and, you know, there's other stuff going on there as well. Um, you know, and, and I, I keep thinking about how predatory this whole movement has been. Oh, absolutely. How it has absolutely latched on to young guys who need to take responsibility for what they've done. I don't, I don't want to make any yeah. mistake about that. And, and who made choices, but who are nevertheless, um, uh, you know, Open to to, to predatory movements. Sure. Ways. Yeah. Um, po- poverty, poverty, mental illness, um, alienation, loneliness. Right. 
It's right. that, it's and, that and same absolutely this ISIS demographic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess I guess that's right. Um, and um, uh, you know, uh, and maybe guys who just disappeared down a rabbit hole in a particular subculture. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm getting the impression that a lot of these guys have um, come through particularly particular problematic areas of metal culture, you know, yeah. um, to, 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 to end up in the place where they ended up. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it, it's an extremely predatory movement, um, notwithstanding the fact that, that, that people make choices. Um, it's, it's a movement that absolutely looks for and finds um, people who don't have a lot else to look forward to or, or to draw on in their lives, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Well, thank you. I mean, really appreciate this. If there's any, if we got we got to, we got to roll up the interview now, but if there's any more stuff that comes out about this, I want to talk about it with you because this shit is blowing my fucking mind. Yeah, totally. Uh, it's because like we, we talked about this a little before the interview, the, even the possibility that this could be like a sort of, Gladio type situation where there's maybe you know they're controlling these groups on the extreme left. I have no idea what their penetration of the of the of the far left is, and I don't uh, even want to. I think it's pretty. Yeah. I mean, I assume it's. I mean, just judging by <laughs> I our mean, country's history. I mean, it's funny history. just because I mean I think I've said this before, but I mean I remember in high school like. You know, everyone was just like, don't join Antifa, join, don't join Black Bloc, it's all feds. Yeah. So, like, it's been a long time that that's I kind mean, of been... And that just, that possibility alone that it could be like this, you know, obviously there are people who, you know, believe in all of this stuff, but like... Sure, sure. That it, 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 it could be managed in a way, it really freaks me out. Um, it's it's weird. It's a weird story, and I mean, we live in an era of extremely weird stories. Yes. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, and I, I think at any other time, this story would have um, had an even bigger impact than it did because it's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre that, that, that this guy has ended up doing this, you know, given his history. But yeah. but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to come back on and, and talk about it. I'm, I mean, I'm working on this day and night to just find out more. <laughs> um, and other other reporters are too. So so we'll we'll get somewhere, I think. Uh, but um, I I also think that we're going to look back on this whole era, and there are going to be a lot of loose ends to tie off that are going to take years to, yeah. to really to really understand. And I think this might be one of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, was there anything where I plug real quick or? Oh, you can follow me on Twitter, Jason underscore A underscore W. But yeah, also just um, check out my stuff at The Guardian. If you if you if you Google Jason Wilson, The Guardian, um, it'll come up. I've been covering stuff related to this for for years now. So um, you know, it's uh, I guess it's my great American novel, right? At the <laughs> Guardian, <laughs> uh, it's it's been a it's been a very strange period uh the last four or five years for sure yeah thank you so much we'll link to the piece um in the show notes it's revealed the true identity of the leader of an american neo-nazi terror group in the guardian by jason wilson thank you so much thank you great thanks thanks yeah
Well, we're not Nazis. But I am a Fed. <laughs> fed, I'm a fed up guy. I'm, you know, we're going to end the Fed and we're going to end the Fed, the Fed Fed and also the Feds. Yeah. End the Feds. Mm-hmm. And we're going to end up people being fed up with society and such. Yeah. <laughs> there will be no jokers in our world. No, but I like protest jokers. You know what? I'll tell you what. Joker, people are like, oh, what? Joker was the hit movie for women. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They like it for the same reason they like Bernie Sanders. They're like, I can fix him. What? I don't need to fix Bernie. Uh, I could fix Joker. Women always... Here's the thing. As a Jew, let me tell you. As a Jew, that, that women are I need Bernie to fix me. That, well, okay. Well, now we're talking my language. That's how women think about me. But let's listen. Let's get this quick. We're off topic here. Uh, that was a fucking psychotic, insane interview. Yeah, we're very of... glad. We're gonna keep up with Jason on this, and any big new developments, we're gonna check in on him and uh, check in on him. That was a very sweet thing for me to it say. It was nice. Check in with him. Yes. Um. But yeah, thank you for for bearing with our absence. Uh, we were out of town and could not record, and now we are we're back. A uh, little Nazi reference with a bang. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay for me to say that. We are. We are back. Uh, and we will see you next time. Mm-hmm. I'm Liz. I'm Brace. I'm Jan Chomsky. I don't know why I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, I already said we'll see you next time. We'll, we'll doubly see you next time. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye. Jeff, 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 Jeff.